Welcome to MV Talks, a podcast by Maya Vandenberg Lawyers in Canberra. MV Talks is an in-depth look at the legal issues facing individuals, business and government. This is your host, Susan Blaine. Kirsty, welcome to MV Talks' first podcast. Thank you for having me. (laughs) You're very welcome. I'm excited to have you in here. Um, You're a very popular presenter at uh, Maya Vandenberg's HR Managers Forum, and there's ever so much happening in the space of employment law, and particularly in regard to business owners. And I think now is as good a time as any to have a podcast about some of the different employment law issues that face them and and get a little bit more depth in our knowledge base about important issues. Yeah, when I was looking at um, what to talk to you about today, I was trawling the internet and I found this BuzzFeed article about the most popular uh, cocktail bar in Melbourne and the owner had actually told a new bartender oh mate penalty rates don't apply in Victoria I thought it might be wow (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, I thought it might be a really good idea to sort of talk about the really basic building blocks of the labor law that we have in Australia and, and not just to as a cautionary tale, um, but also to build on as we go through and do some, maybe hopefully some more podcasts, um, but also then look at, for example, with for new employers, give a, a really basic understanding about what they need to be doing to comply with our laws. Um, so, for example, startup companies or embassies that are just reviewing their employment contracts um, or um, any companies that have just set up operations in Australia. Right. I imagine that is a lot of subject matter for them to be across. So just say I'm a new employer. Where should I be starting in this conversation? When do I reach out and grab a lawyer straight away or do I um, start Googling? Where do you start? Uh, Google and Associates is probably your worst enemy. Um, There are up to 13 different pieces of legislation that apply to labour law. My goodness. Depending on which state or territory you're in. So it can vary. Um, But it is important to keep in mind that there is federal legislation and there is state legislation that applies to employment. Um, probably your best starting point is to look at the Fair Work Ombudsman's website. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a whole section for new employers and for small businesses so that you can get a, a really basic understanding. Um, where we usually recommend that you come and see us is either to do um, a modern award compliance audits um, and also to look at doing your employment contracts. Now, the Fair Work Ombudsman does have templates that you can use, but they're not really geared to protect employers. They are there to give the bare minimum. They're off the shelf. They are. Yeah. Um, but and, and often they don't take into account the intricacies of your particular business as well and how you would like to interact with your staff. So um, basically, once you've gotten a basic understanding, then come see us to get the specifics and to get your protection in place. Right. So 
Before we go any further into um, that particular website and those documents, can I just bring back up that case that you mentioned earlier? That sounds really interesting. Is that Bar Americano? It is, yes. Ah, right. I did see this in the news. Do you mind just explaining for our followers what happened in that case? Sure. Uh so basically what happened is that there was an, a new bartender who was going to be starting a trial with Bar Americano. Mm-hmm. And that's, in wanted, Melbourne. that's in it Melbourne. That's in Melbourne. It's a Melbourne bar. Don't know. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's interesting. It's only one bartender and I think only one group of people can be in there at any given time. So it's very hipster. Super trendy. <laughs> super super trendy. trendy. All noted. But what did they do to fall outside employment law? So well, they did a couple of different things. Um, but basically this young bartender said, what would be my pay rate? And he gave a rate that was underneath the award rate. And then when, he being the owner? So the owner. Yes, right. And then the bartender said, well, what about overtime and what about penalty rates? And the bar owner replied, mate, penalty rates don't apply in Victoria anymore. Um, employers are also, when a new employee starts with them, uh, are required to provide a fair work information statement. And that statement sets out all of their minimum rights and entitlements and also where to go to get more information. Um, so the bartender also asked for a fair work information statement. And uh, the bar, ten- bar owner went, I don't know what that is. You can go to the Fair Work Ombudsman's website, I suppose. Go Google it. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, basically, uh, the bartender went to uh, the union, um, which was United Voice, I think it was. Oh, okay. Hospo right. United. Yeah. Um, and it's a hospitality union. Yes, yeah. the hospitality branch of mm. United Voice. And that uh, they basically got up in arms and went and protested at the front of hit the bar, this tiny little bar. <laughs> right, and, and, and that's the image that comes to mind um, when, you, when you mentioned that case initially in your introduction. I think there was a young lady standing in the street with a quote from the owner saying, these rates don't apply in Victoria, mate. Yeah, I, I mean, there was the recent reduction in penalty rates that apply in particular in the hospitality industry um, and also in a several others, but uh, they still definitely apply. They were just reduced um, in some instances from uh, 150% to 125%, but they, they still definitely apply. Right. So immediately to me, it becomes apparent that employers need to inform themselves of changes to the rates um, as they apply to their industry, but they have to be very careful where they're interpreting those rates and onboarding, in this case, a new a new employee because uh, you actually need some expertise guiding you in terms of the advice you're literally giving mm. to your employees because in this case, I think this article was actually on BuzzFeed, wasn't it? Which means it went fairly viral. Yeah. So that could get ugly. Well, there are, as I said earlier, 13 different pieces of legislation that might apply. Um, There's 122 modern awards and the Fair Work Act, which is the main piece of legislation that governs labour law in Australia, um, is second largest piece of legislation in Australia, second only to the Income Tax Assessment Acts. And that they are very long. Mm. <laughs> um, so it's really easy to get wrong um, because there is just so much information that you need to know. Mm. 
So to me, if I was a business owner, that also tells me a little bit of information about the type of person I should be employing for my advice around employment law. That is very much a specialised field, as is all areas of law, and uh, perhaps beware of those moonlighting in that area because that's an enormous amount of legislation uh, and instruments to be across. Yeah, definitely. Right. Okay. Uh, so it's any wonder people find it hard to keep a track of those obligations. Um, what about uh, the Fair Work Act today? What's the Fair Work Act do? So the Fair Work Act, um, as I said, is the main piece of legislation that governs labour law. Um, it does four main things. So the first of which is that it sets the minimum standards for employment, so minimum pay rates, leave entitlements, the second thing it does, it governs the relationship between employers, employees, unions and industry associations. So that would govern uh, rights to strike, rights of entry, those sorts of um, issues. Uh, the third thing is that it will protect employees from unfair dismissal, being forced into contractor relationships. So that's called shame contracting. Ah, I've seen a lot in that yep. in the media. Um, bullying, there's uh, the protections from bullying. There's also uh, protections from being treated badly because uh, an employee exercises their workplace rights. That's generally referred to as the general protections um, or from being discriminated against. Um, the last thing that it does is that it creates the Fair Work Commission and the Fair Work Ombudsman, which are two different things. It's a little bit confusing. Um, one is the regulator and one is the tribunal. Uh, right. As we get deeper into this, <laughs> I'm well convinced that this is such a, a in-depth area of expertise. Um, Particularly when it comes to unfair dismissal and discrimination, um, sham contracting and industrial relations, they almost uh, deserve a podcast on their own, wouldn't you say? You're trying to get me into I'm baiting more. <laughs> you. I love having new guests. It's really good. So um, if I can keep you just the Fair Work Act, um, does that set out minimum conditions for employment? It does so in about... The three different ways. So there is the National Employment Standards and or the NES, and that sets the basic employment conditions for every employee in Australia. Uh, from there, you have layers that add on top of that NES, and that's your bare minimum. So the second layer is uh, your modern award system. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, there are 122 different modern awards. Now, the modern awards are um, industry or occupation-based. Uh, and they set that industry or occupation's minimum standards for employment. If an award applies, then the NES is no longer the minimum standard. Okay. So quite often what you might see in an award is that it says, so for example, for redundancy, um, that uh, the NES conditions on redundancy apply um, and it may add some additional benefits on top of that. Uh, but your basic building block becomes your modern award. Um, and what the modern award does, which the NES doesn't do, is it provides overtime entitlements, it provides um, weekend penalty rates, um, it provides your laundry allowances, your tool allowances, like all of those very fiddly bits. Yeah, but they're um, important, right? They <laughs> are, and they, you can get burned badly if you get it wrong. Now, that sounds like you've got a story. Oh, I'm putting you <laughs> several. On the spot there. <laughs> no, no names, but can you can you tell me why it's so important? 
Basically, if you breach the modern award, um, it's a breach of the Fair Work Act. Now, breaches of the Fair Work Act attract penalties of up to 63000 for employers or body corporates um, and $12,600 for individuals involved in the breach. Okay, that's a speed bump in most people's business. It, it can be, in, in including the people that sort of are in the periphery of your business. So there's been recent cases where accountants that were doing the payroll processing were pulled into the breaches um, as well. So it can cover HR managers, directors, payroll processing. So it, it is definitely designed to get everybody in on that liability. Uh, so it's so important to get it right. It's hard to be an employer. <laughs> yeah. I think we need an employment lawyer in our pocket by the sounds of it. And say I was an employer and I'm trying to make sure I, I have as low a risk as possible what should I do? Is there an audit or something you can perform across my business practices so that I'm, I've ticked off some of the most important and highest risk areas that I'm exposed with? Yeah, so uh, we do um, perform compliance audits right. um, quite frequently. That, okay, right. um, generally, it will be occasioned by an allegation from an employee saying, I think you aren't doing this right, um, and we may or may not agree. Um, but then it, it gives us pause to go, okay, well, are we doing everything that we need to be doing um, in this area? Um, but the second thing that you can do is that you can look at to tailor your award to your business and you can do that through an enterprise agreement mm -hmm. so that's the third layer of your minimum employment condition so we've got the nes you've got your modern awards and then you've got an enterprise agreement so are enterprise agreements and enterprise bargaining agreements the same thing yeah so they used to be called enterprise bargaining agreements the legislation uses the term enterprise agreement so okay. this is, they're the same thing okay but it means that you can sort of um all that is required is that your employees have to be better off overall um, on an enterprise agreement than they would have been on, on the award. Okay. You can combine several awards into one enterprise agreement. So quite often employers don't just have one facet of their business, they'll have several. So you might have, so for example, we had a client who had a factory processing. So they had people in the office who were covered by the clerk's award. They had delivery drivers who would be covered by the road transport award. They had um, poultry processing, meat processing, and for some reason, meat and poultry are separate. Um, right. <laughs> it's quirks of the old conciliation and arbitration yes, system. Right. Um, but it basically, what an enterprise agreement could do was combine all of those awards into the one agreement, which makes it a lot easier for your HR to make sure that it is uh, complying with everything that it needs to do. Because it's all in the one place. And you can also sort of chop and change with, uh, and play a little bit with what those entitlements are. So you might have, for example, um, lower penalty rates on a Sunday, but you're paying a higher daily rate or higher ordinary rate at other times, or you're providing more leave um, in exchange for um, lower overtime rates, for example. Mm. All that's required is your staff have to be better off overall. Mm. And, uh, of course, when some of these issues raise their ugly head and they do um, attract some media attention, they can go spectacularly wrong, can't they? They can. Um, staff 
can go to the Fair Work Ombudsman and file a complaint. Mm. The Fair Work Ombudsman can elect to litigate on behalf of uh, the employee. So Does that happen often, Kirsty? No. Generally what the Fair Work Ombudsman will do is approach the employer and say we would like to mediate this dispute um, and kind of work with the employer, especially if it's one of their first offences. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a one-strike-you're-out mm. system. It's generally the repeat offenders or where the offences are long-running, cover a number of different employees or are extremely serious, that the Fair Work Ombudsman will become involved from day one. Right. So a risk mitigation strategy for an employer who perhaps has had that one strike, uh, would that not be to have the business owner or the HR manager, for instance, come along to MV's HR managers forum and just increase their education awareness around employment law issues generally? Well, yeah, funny you mentioned that. We actually ran um, an employment law myth-busting session uh, uh, in our last did, quarter. I came along to that and that's what I was channeling because there were so many different topics and they were, they were wildly interesting. They covered so many different areas. And to me, I thought if I was a business owner, I, I really need to make sure that my staff that are, you know, sort of implementing a lot of these um, employment um, facing mechanisms are right across all these issues. Uh, one of them I thought was really interesting was about uniforms. Yes, so we found that um, 85% of our attendees uh, thought that they could make their staff pay for their uniforms. This does come down to the terms of your enterprise agreement or your modern award, and it does change between the different awards. But generally speaking, you can't take a deduction from staff's um, wages or salary to pay for something that isn't in their interest or that they haven't consented to paying for. Um, So generally speaking, uniforms, you can't make your staff pay for. Um, And especially if they require... um, things for personal protective equipment, for work health and safety reasons. So in the construction industry, for instance? You could also be breaching the Work Health and Safety Act. What were some of the other myths that you busted at that seminar? Uh, So we found that 12% of employers believe that commission-only employees aren't entitled to paid annual leave. They're full-time staff or part-time staff. They have an entitlement to paid annual leave underneath the NES. Uh, The other one is that 29% of employers believe that they could terminate someone on a probation without notice. If you have staff that have worked with you for longer than a day, uh, the minimum notice period that you have to give is one week. Okay. I'm still a little hung up on how I can get to these HR managers forum, although this podcast was never designed to to promote the forum. I think it's a pretty handy tool to have in your kit um, and a great way to alert yourself to some of the issues that someone may need to come and see you or anyone in our employment law team about. So um, a a brief advertisement for our HR Managers Forum. If people want to register to attend that, they don't necessarily have to be a client. Um, They can email us at mv.marketing at mvlawyers.com.au and request to be added to the mailing list. And that way we can keep them abreast of our e-briefs, which are our intermittent newsletters about employment law topics, and also they can receive notification about forthcoming HR managers forum. Uh, they're run quarterly, Kirsty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when's the next one? 
Ugh, I think it's August. About yeah. So yeah. We, we've only just done one, so yeah. a couple of months away. But um, certainly, you get a couple of weeks' notice when those emails come out to uh, let you know, and they are extremely popular. So if you're even halfway interested, mark August down in the calendar. Um, pop onto SoundCloud and subscribe to our uh, podcasts under Maya Vandenberg Lawyers Dash MV Talks. And that way you can receive notification of our next podcast. You can hook up with our e-briefs, come along to HR Managers Forum and get more quality time with our wonderful lawyers, not the least of which is Kirsty Easdale. Now, can we jump back, Kirsty, a little bit in our uh, questions that we plan to discuss um, to go back to awards? Um, we were talking about having separate podcasts, perhaps even on unfair dismissal, discrimination, sham contracting and industrial relations. Um, and you mentioned some of the minimum conditions of employment and some of the awards and agreements that are out there. Um, how do I know if I have an award that applies to my company? Generally speaking, you will. Um, just given that there are 122 of How them. How do I know? The, the difficulty, though, is identifying which one. Uh, so chances are one does apply to you, um, but there can be overlaps between them. So, for example, you have an office manager in a law firm. Uh, do they come under the clerk's award or do they come under the legal services award? So there can be a little bit of nuance to it. Um, the Fair Work Ombudsman has a very useful tool called Award Finder, and that can help you find the right award for Ooh. you. But it doesn't get it right 100% of the time just because it is designed to fit the broadest number of people in the broadest number of situations. Is that because it's a keyword search? It can be a keyword search issue. So if you put the wrong keyword in there, you might be missing the right award. Um it is basically set up so you say what industry you work, you employ people in. Mm -hmm. So say, for example, um, I am a law firm. Mm -hmm. um, that, that's probably not a great example. Um, you'd say um, we're an accountancy firm mm -hmm. or an engineering firm. Mm -hmm. um, and you say, what do you do? You'd say, well, I'm in an engineering firm. And it'll go, well, the professional employees award might apply to you. The clerks award might apply to you. And then it will invite you to go through each of the classifications in those awards and have a look at the coverage clauses onto those awards. But like I said, it, it's it's not it's is broad it, brushstrokes. Is it's it War not, and Peace? Like, does it give you every award? No. Possible? Okay. No. Um, and it doesn't cover every situation. Um, so that's why we suggest that if you're really not sure or something doesn't sit right or um, it's a little bit confusing, you come and get advice. And it's not foolproof either. So it's important to get it right because it can mean that you may be employing people in breach of the awards and not paying them enough. Or if you're paying people under the wrong award, it can also mean that you're paying them more than what they're entitled to. Okay. So finally, I want to ask you a question. If I'm an employer, can I agree with my staff that awards or the NES doesn't apply to them? No, is the short answer. Uh, so employment contracts that provide conditions of employment that are less favourable than the Fair Work Act will not be enforceable. Uh, the NES and awards trump whatever is in the employment contract. Uh, you can, however, contract with staff to provide entitlements that are better than the national employment standards or their award. Um, and if you fail to meet those entitlements, you could be liable for a breach of contract rather than a breach of the statute. And can I just stop you there, Kirsty? I believe that is our first 
Trump reference in oh. our podcast. <laughs> so congratulations. There's got to be some sort of prize there. There is a dubious title. <laughs> <laughs> Please continue. It can be important to get your employment contracts right because you also don't want to be providing entitlements that are grossly in excess of what you have to be giving them um, unless you're a very generous employer. Um, and there are generous employees out there. Right. Um, and if you're ins- unsure about whether your employment contracts can comply with the NES or with the modern awards, uh, we also conduct uh, audits of current employment contracts Um if you haven't had a look at your employment contracts for several years, I uh, can tell you that the legislation has changed and it might be worth revisiting them now. Right. Uh, this has been a wonderful podcast to just run over what we discussed. Um, what's your top tip for a new employer or a startup? Get an employment contract from a lawyer. What about companies that have just started their operations in Australia? Um, have a look at the Fair Work Ombudsman's um, resources. It will provide a really useful overview. Um, It won't provide the nitty-gritty detail that you might need. Get a basic understanding and then get your employment contracts in place. Okay, what about ongoing businesses that have been doing this for a long time and have listened to this podcast and thought, yikes, there could be a whole heap of stuff I'm at risk about, but I'm not sure. Yeah, so you could do an employment health check with us. So that would involve us looking at your employment contracts. Um, it would be looking at um, the award that might apply to you. It would be looking at whether it might be worth getting an enterprise agreement in place. It's just a basic employment a compliance audit. Then also you would be coming along to the HR managers forum uh, awesome. as well. Thank you. <laughs> now, finally, um, being in the beautiful surrounds of Canberra as we are, there would be a lot of embassies that would perhaps need employment law services in Canberra. What do you recommend to them? Uh, We've actually done quite a bit of work um, with the embassies and consulates here in Canberra. Um, What we found is particularly unique to them is um, determining if they have any um, policies from their um, home country that dictate what conditions of employment they have to apply here in Australia. Quite often, though, that policy will be comply with Australian law and um, making sure that they have a basic understanding about what that is and then putting into place the mechanisms to make sure that they are complying with it. Kirsty, you have been a very interesting podcaster. Thank you very much for joining MV Talks. I encourage you to return to us sometime in the future. And thank you so much for your time today. My pleasure. I'm Susan Blaine, and thanks for listening to MV Talks. For more MV podcasts, check out our page on SoundCloud or download our podcasts from iTunes. Music